Chapter Five of Framley Parsonage by Anthony Trollope. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Nick Whitley, Purley, United Kingdom. Chapter Five: Amantium Irae Amoris Integratio. And now, with my reader's consent, I will follow the postman with that letter to Framley, not by its own circuitous route, indeed or by the same mode of conveyance for that letter went into barchester by the courcy knight mail-cart which on its road passes through the villages of uffley and caldicotts reaching barchester in time for the up mail-train to london by that train the letter was sent towards the metropolis as far as the junction of the barset branch line but there it was turned in its course and came down again by the main line as far as silverbridge at which place between six and seven in the morning it was shouldered by the framley foot-post messenger and in due course delivered at the framley parsonage exactly as mrs robarts had finished reading prayers to the four servants or i should say rather that such would in its usual course have been that letter's destiny as it was however it reached silverbridge on sunday and lay there till the monday as the framley people have declined their sunday post and then again when the letter was delivered at the parsonage on that wet monday morning mrs robarts was not at home as we are all aware she was staying with her ladyship at framley court oh but it's mortial wet said the shivering postman as he handed in that and the vicar's newspaper the vicar was a man of the world and took the jupiter come in robin postman and warm thyself a while said jemima the cook pushing a stool a little to one side but still well in front of the big kitchen fire well i dunna just know how it'll be the wery edges has eyes and tells on me in silverbridge if i so much as stops to pick a blackberry there bain't no edges here mon nor yet no blackberries so sit thee down and warm thyself that's better nor blackberries i'm thinking and she handed him a bowl of tea with a slice of buttered toast robin postman took the proffered tea put his dripping hat on the ground and thanked jemima cook but i dunna just know how it'll be said he only it do pour so tarnation heavy which among us o oh my readers could have withstood that temptation such was the circuitous course of mark's letter but as it left caldicotts on saturday evening and reached mrs robarts on the following morning or would have done but for that intervening sunday doing all its peregrinations during the night it may be held that its course of transport was not inconveniently arranged we however will travel by a much shorter route robin in the course of his daily travels passed first the post-office at framley then the framley court back entrance and then the vicar's house so that on this wet morning jemima cook was not able to make use of his services in transporting this letter back to her mistress for robin had got another village before him expectant of its letters why didn't thee leave it mon with mr applejohn at the court 
mr applejohn was the butler who took the letter-bag they knowst as how missus was there and then robin mindful of the tea and toast explained to her courteously how the law made it imperative on him to bring the letter to the very house that was indicated let the owner of the letter be where she might and he laid down the law very satisfactorily with sundry long-worded quotations not to much effect however for the housemaid called him an oaf and robin would decidedly have had the worst of it had not the gardener come in and taken his part they women knows nothing and understands nothing said the gardener give us hold of the letter i'll take it up to the house it's the master's fist and then robin postman went on one way and the gardener he went the other the gardener never disliked an excuse for going up to the court gardens even on so wet a day as this mrs robarts was sitting over the drawing-room fire with lady meredith when her husband's letter was brought to her the framley court letter-bag had been discussed at breakfast but that was now nearly an hour since and lady lufton as was her wont was away in her own room writing her own letters and looking after her own matters for lady lufton was a person who dealt in figures herself and understood business almost as well as harold smith and on that morning she also had received a letter which had displeased her not a little whence arose this displeasure neither mrs robarts nor lady meredith knew but her ladyship's brow had grown black at breakfast-time she had bundled up an ominous-looking epistle into her bag without speaking of it and had left the room immediately that breakfast was over there's something wrong said sir george mamma does fret herself so much about ludovic's money matters said lady meredith ludovic was lord lufton ludovic lufton baron lufton of lufton in the county of oxfordshire and yet i don't think lufton gets much astray said sir george as he sauntered out of the room well justy we'll put off going then till to-morrow but remember it must be the first train lady meredith said she would remember and then they went into the drawing-room and there mrs robarts received her letter fanny when she read it hardly at first realized to herself the idea that her husband the clergyman of framley the family clerical friend of lady lufton's establishment was going to stay with the duke of omnium it was so thoroughly understood at framley court that the duke and all belonging to him was noxious and damnable he was a whig he was a bachelor he was a gambler he was immoral in every way he was a man of no church principle a corrupter of youth a sworn foe of young wives a swallower up of small men's patrimonies a man whom mothers feared for their sons and sisters for their brothers and worse again whom fathers had cause to fear for their daughters and brothers for their sisters a man who with his belongings dwelt and must dwell poles asunder from lady lufton 
and her belongings and it must be remembered that all these evil things were fully believed by mrs robarts could it really be that her husband was going to dwell in the halls of apollyon to shelter himself beneath the wings of this very lucifer a cloud of sorrow settled upon her face and then she read the letter again very slowly not omitting the tell-tale postscript oh justinia at last she said what have you got bad news too i hardly know how to tell you what has occurred there i suppose you had better read it and she handed her husband's epistle to lady meredith keeping back however the postscript what on earth will her ladyship say now said lady meredith as she folded the paper and replaced it in the envelope what had i better do justinia how had i better tell her and then the two ladies put their heads together bethinking themselves how they might best deprecate the wrath of lady lufton it had been arranged that mrs robarts should go back to the parsonage after lunch and she had persisted in her intention after it had been settled that the merediths were to stay over that evening lady meredith now advised her friend to carry out this determination without saying anything about her husband's terrible iniquities and then to send the letter up to lady lufton as soon as she reached the parsonage mamma will never know that you received it here said lady meredith but mrs robarts would not consent to this such a course seemed to her to be cowardly she knew that her husband was doing wrong she felt that he knew it himself but still it was necessary that she should defend him however terrible might be the storm it must break upon her own head so she at once went up and tapped at lady lufton's private door and as she did so lady meredith followed her come in said lady lufton and the voice did not sound soft and pleasant when they entered they found her sitting at her little writing-table with her head resting on her arm and that letter which she had received that morning was lying open on the table before her indeed there were two letters now there one from a london lawyer to herself and the other from her son to that london lawyer it needs only be explained that the subject of those letters was the immediate sale of that outlying portion of the lufton property in oxfordshire as to which mr sowerby once spoke lord lufton had told the lawyer that the thing must be done at once adding that his friend robarts would have explained the whole affair to his mother and then the lawyer had written to lady lufton as indeed was necessary but unfortunately lady lufton had not hitherto heard a word of the matter in her eyes the sale of family property was horrible the fact that a young man with some fifteen or twenty thousand a year should require subsidiary money was horrible that her own son should not have written to her himself was horrible and it was also horrible that her own pet the clergyman whom she had brought there to be her son's friend should be mixed up in the matter 
should be cognizant of it while she was not cognizant should be employed in it as a go-between and agent in her son's bad courses it was all horrible and lady lufton was sitting there with a black brow and an uneasy heart as regarded our poor parson we may say that in this matter he was blameless except that he had hitherto lacked the courage to execute his friend's commission what is it fanny said lady lufton as soon as the door was opened i should have been down in half an hour if you wanted me justinia fanny has received a letter which makes her wish to speak to you at once said lady meredith what letter fanny poor fanny's heart was in her mouth she held it in her hand but had not yet quite made up her mind whether she would show it bodily to lady lufton from mr robarts she said well i suppose he is going to stay another week at caldicott's for my part i should be as well pleased and lady lufton's voice was not friendly for she was thinking of that farm in oxfordshire the imprudence of the young is very sore to the prudence of their elders no woman could be less covetous less grasping than lady lufton but the sale of a portion of the old family property was to her as the loss of her own heart's blood here is the letter lady lufton perhaps you had better read it and fanny handed it to her again keeping back the postscript she had read and re-read the letter downstairs but could not make out whether her husband had intended her to show it from the line of the argument she thought that he must have done so at any rate he said for himself more than she could say for him and so probably it was best that her ladyship should see it lady lufton took it and read it and her face grew blacker and blacker her mind was set against the writer before she began it and every word in it tended to make her feel more estranged from him oh he is going to the palace is he well he must choose his own friends harold smith one of his party it's a pity my dear he did not see miss proudie before he met you he might have lived to be the bishop's chaplain gatherum castle you don't mean to tell me that he is going there then i tell you fairly fanny that i have done with him oh lady lufton don't say that said mrs robarts with tears in her eyes mamma mamma don't speak in that way said lady meredith but my dear what am i to say i must speak in that way you would not wish me to speak falsehoods would you a man must choose for himself but he can't live with two different sets of people at least not if i belong to one and the duke of omnium to the other the bishop going indeed if there be anything that i hate it is hypocrisy there is no hypocrisy in that lady lufton but i say there is fanny very strange indeed put off his defence why should a man need any defence to his wife if he acts in a straightforward way his own language condemns him wrong to stand out now will either of you tell me that mr robarts would really have thought it wrong to refuse that invitation i say that that is hypocrisy 
hypocrisy there is no other word for it by this time the poor wife who had been in tears was wiping them away and preparing for action lady lufton's extreme severity gave her courage she knew that it behoved her to fight for her husband when he was thus attacked had lady lufton been moderate in her remarks mrs robarts would not have had a word to say my husband may have been ill-judged she said but he is no hypocrite very well my dear i dare say you know better than i but to me it looks extremely like hypocrisy eh justinia oh mamma do be moderate moderate that's all very well how is one to moderate one's feelings when one has been betrayed you do not mean that mr robarts has betrayed you said the wife oh no of course not and then she went on reading the letter seem to have been standing in judgment upon the duke might he not use the same argument as to going into any house in the kingdom however infamous we must all stand in judgment one upon another in that sense crawley yes if he were a little more like mr crawley it would be a good thing for me and for the parish and for you too my dear god forgive me for bringing him here that's all lady lufton i must say that you are very hard upon him very hard i did not expect it from such a friend my dear you ought to know me well enough to be sure that i shall speak my mind written to jones yes it is easy enough to write to poor jones he had better write to jones and bid him do the whole duty then he can go and be the duke's domestic chaplain i believe my husband does as much of his own duty as any clergyman in the whole diocese said mrs robarts now again in tears and you are to take his work in the school you and mrs podgens what with his curate and his wife and mrs podgens i don't see why he should come back at all oh mamma said justinia pray pray don't be so harsh to her let me finish it my dear oh here i come tell her ladyship my whereabouts he little thought you'd show me this letter didn't he said mrs robarts putting out her hand to get it back but in vain i, I thought it was for the best i did indeed i had better finish it now if you please what is this how does he dare send his ribald jokes to me in such a matter no i do not suppose i ever shall like dr proudie i have never expected it a matter of conscience with him well 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 had i not read it myself i could not have believed it of him i would not positively have believed it coming from my parish he could not go to the duke of omnium and it is what i would wish to have said people fit for this parish should not be fit for the duke of omnium's house and i had trusted that he would have this feeling more strongly than any one else in it i have been deceived that's all he has done nothing to deceive you lady lufton i hope he will not have deceived you my dear more money yes it is probable that he will want more money there is your letter fanny 
i am very sorry for it i can say nothing more and she folded up the letter and gave it back to mrs robarts i thought it right to show it you said mrs robarts it did not much matter whether you did or no of course i must have been told he especially begs me to tell you well yes he could not very well have kept me in the dark in such a matter he could not neglect his own work and go and live with gamblers and adulterers at the duke of omnium's without my knowing it and now fanny robart's cup was full full to the overflowing when she heard these words she forgot all about lady lufton all about lady meredith and remembered only her husband that he was her husband and in spite of his faults a good and loving husband and that other fact also she remembered that she was his wife lady lufton she said you forget yourself in speaking in that way of my husband what said her ladyship you are to show me such a letter as that and i am not to tell you what i think not if you think such hard things as that even you are not justified in speaking to me in that way and i will not hear it Tighty, said her ladyship whether or no he is right in going to the duke of omnium's i will not pretend to judge he is the judge of his own actions and neither you nor i and when he leaves you with the butcher's bill unpaid and no money to buy shoes for the children who will be the judge then not you lady lufton if such bad days should ever come and neither you nor i have a right to expect them i will not come to you in my troubles not after this very well my dear you may go to the duke of omnium if that suits you better fanny come away said lady meredith why should you try to anger my mother i don't want to anger her but i won't hear him abused in that way without speaking up for him if i don't defend him who will lady lufton has said terrible things about him and they are not true oh fanny said justinia very well very well said lady lufton this is the sort of return that one gets i don't know what you mean by return lady lufton but would you wish me to stand by quietly and hear such things said of my husband he does not live with such people as you have named he does not neglect his duties if every clergyman were as much in his parish it would be well for some of them and in going to such a house as the duke of omnium's it does make a difference that he goes there in company with the bishop i can't explain why but i know that it does especially when the bishop is coupled up with the devil as mr robarts has done said lady lufton he can join the duke with them and then they'll stand for the three graces won't they justinia and lady lufton laughed a bitter little laugh at her own wit i suppose i may go now lady lufton oh yes certainly my dear i am sorry if i have made you angry with me but i will not allow any one to speak against mr robarts without answering them you have been very unjust to him and even though i do anger you i must say so come fanny this is too bad said lady lufton you have been scolding me for the last half-hour because i would not congratulate you on this new friend that your husband has made and now you are going to begin it all over again that is more than i can stand 
if you have nothing else particular to say you might as well leave me and lady lufton's face as she spoke was unbending severe and harsh mrs robarts had never before been so spoken to by her old friend indeed she had never been so spoken to by any one and she hardly knew how to bear herself very well lady lufton she said then i will go good-bye good-bye said lady lufton and turning herself to her table she began to arrange her papers fanny had never before left framley court to go back to her own parsonage without a warm embrace now she was to do so without even having her hand taken had it come to this that there was absolutely to be a quarrel between them a quarrel for ever fanny is going you know mamma said lady meredith she will be home before you are down again i cannot help it my dear fanny must do as she pleases i am not to be the judge of her actions she has just told me so mrs robarts had said nothing of the kind but she was far too proud to point this out so with a gentle step she retreated through the door and then lady meredith having tried what a conciliatory whisper with her mother would do followed her alas the conciliatory whisper was altogether ineffectual the two ladies said nothing as they descended the stairs but when they had regained the drawing-room they looked with blank horror into each other's faces what were they to do now of such a tragedy as this they had had no remotest preconception was it absolutely the case that fanny robarts was to walk out of lady lufton's house as a declared enemy she who before her marriage as well as since had been almost treated as an adopted daughter of the family oh fanny why did you answer my mother in that way said lady meredith you saw that she was vexed she had other things to vex her besides this about mr robarts and would not you answer any one who attacked sir george no not my own mother i would let her say what she pleased and leave sir george to fight his own battles ah but it is different with you you are her daughter and sir george she would not dare to speak in that way as to sir george's doings indeed she would if it pleased her i am sorry i let you go up to her it is as well that it should be over justinia as those are her thoughts about mr robarts it is quite as well that we should know them even for all that i owe to her and all the love i bear to you i will not come to this house if i am to hear my husband abused not into any house my dearest fanny we all know what happens when two angry people get together i was not angry when i went up to her not in the least it is no good looking back what are we to do now fanny i suppose i had better go home said mrs robarts i will go and put my things up and then i will send james for them wait till after lunch and then you will be able to kiss my mother before you leave us no justinia i cannot wait i must answer mr robarts by this post and i must think what i have to say to him i could not write that letter here and the post goes at four and mrs robarts got up from her chair preparatory to her final departure 
i shall come to you before dinner said lady meredith and if i can bring you good tidings i shall expect you to come back here with me it is out of the question that i should go away from framley leaving you and my mother at enmity with each other to this mrs robarts made no answer and in a very few minutes afterwards she was in her own nursery kissing her children and teaching the elder one to say something about papa but even as she taught him the tears stood in her eyes and the little fellow knew that everything was not right and there she sat till about two doing little odds and ends of things for the children and allowing that occupation to stand as an excuse to her for not commencing her letter but then there remained only two hours to her and it might be that the letter would be difficult in the writing would require thought and changes and must needs be copied perhaps more than once as to the money that she had in the house as much at least as mark now wanted though the sending of it would leave her nearly penniless she could however in case of personal need resort to davis as desired by him so she got out her desk in the drawing-room and sat down and wrote her letter it was difficult though she found that it hardly took so long as she expected it was difficult for she felt bound to tell him the truth and yet she was anxious not to spoil all his pleasure among his friends she told him however that lady lufton was very angry unreasonably angry i must say she put in in order to show that she had not sided against him and indeed we have quite quarrelled and this has made me unhappy as it will you dearest i know that but we both know how good she is at heart and justinia thinks that she had other things to trouble her and i hope it will all be made up before you come home only dearest mark pray do not be longer than you said in your last letter and then there were three or four paragraphs about the babies and two about the schools which i may as well omit she had just finished her letter and was carefully folding it for its envelope with the two whole five-pound notes imprudently placed within it when she heard a footstep on the gravel path which led up from a small wicket to the front door the path ran near the drawing-room window and she was just in time to catch a glimpse of the last fold of a passing cloak it is justinia she said to herself and her heart became disturbed at the idea of again discussing the morning's adventure what am i to do she had said to herself before if she wants me to beg her pardon i will not own before her that he is in the wrong and then the door opened for the visitor made her entrance without the aid of any servant and lady lufton herself stood before her fanny she said at once i have come to beg your pardon oh lady lufton i was very much harassed when you came to me just now by more things than one my dear but nevertheless i should not have spoken to you of your husband as i did and so i have come to beg your pardon mrs robarts was past answering by the time that this was said past answering at least in words so she jumped up and with her eyes full of tears threw herself into her old friend's arms oh 
lady lufton she sobbed forth again you will forgive me won't you said her ladyship as she returned her young friend's caress well that's right i have not been at all happy since you left my den this morning and i don't suppose you have but fanny dearest we love each other too well and know each other too thoroughly to have a long quarrel don't we oh yes lady lufton of course we do friends are not to be picked up on the roadside every day nor are they to be thrown away lightly and now sit down my love and let us have a little talk there i must take my bonnet off you have pulled the strings so that you have almost choked me and lady lufton deposited her bonnet on the table and seated herself comfortably in the corner of the sofa my dear she said there is no duty which any woman owes to any other human being at all equal to that which she owes to her husband and therefore you were quite right to stand up for mr robarts this morning upon this mrs robarts said nothing but she got her hand within that of her ladyship and gave it a slight squeeze and i loved you for what you were doing all the time i did my dear though you were a little fierce you know even justinia admits that and she has been at me ever since you went away and indeed i did not know that it was in you to look in that way out of those pretty eyes of yours oh lady lufton but i looked fierce enough too myself i dare say so we'll say nothing more about that will we but now about this good man of yours dear lady lufton you must forgive him well as you ask me i will we'll have nothing more said about the duke either now or when he comes back not a word let me see he's to be back when is it wednesday week i think ah wednesday well tell him to come and dine up at the house on wednesday he'll be in time i suppose and there shan't be a word said about this horrid duke i am so much obliged to you lady lufton but look here my dear believe me he's better off without such friends oh i know he is much better off well i'm glad you admit that for i thought you seemed to be in favour of the duke oh no lady lufton that's right then and now if you'll take my advice you'll use your influence as a good dear sweet wife as you are to prevent his going there any more i'm an old woman and he is a young man and it's very natural that he should think me behind the times i'm not angry at that but he'll find that it's better for him better for him in every way to stick to his old friends it will be better for his peace of mind better for his character as a clergyman better for his pocket better for his children and for you and better for his eternal welfare the duke is not such a companion as he should seek nor if he is sought should he allow himself to be led away and then lady lufton ceased and fanny robarts kneeling at her feet sobbed with her face hidden on her friend's knees she had not a word now to say as to her husband's capability of judging for himself and now i must be going again but justinia has made me a promise promise mind you most solemnly 
that i would have you back to dinner to-night by force if necessary it was the only way i could make my peace with her so you must not leave me in the lurch of course fanny said that she would go and dine at framley court and you must not send that letter by any means said her ladyship as she was leaving the room poking with her umbrella at the epistle which lay directed on mrs robart's desk i can understand very well what it contains you must alter it altogether my dear and then lady lufton went mrs robarts instantly rushed to her desk and tore open her letter she looked at her watch and it was past four she had hardly begun another when the postman came oh mary she said do make him wait if he'll wait a quarter of an hour i'll give him a shilling there's no need of that ma'am let him have a glass of beer very well mary but don't give him too much for fear he should drop the letters about i'll be ready in ten minutes and in five minutes she had scrawled a very different sort of a letter but he might want the money immediately so she would not delay it for a day end of chapter five recording by nick whitley purley united kingdom